0: We had to run back and forth from Yum Yum to the restaurant. First time for the lettuce, second time for the chilies, third time for the brisket. It was a mess in the in, in the back of the the stand. In the front, everything looked normal and everything was everybody was jolly, and they were getting the salads.
1: the Corner Table, a Capital Times podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin. Francesco Mangiano is the chef and owner of Osteria Papavero, a little Italian restaurant in downtown Madison with specials that change every week. As many chefs do, Francesco has been making food for festivals and special events for years. It's a particular kind of challenge because the food has to catch people's eye, stay under budget, be interesting for him to cook, and also fit in a little paper boat. I am your host, Cap Times food writer, Lindsay Christians, and here in Madison, we've got two food-focused festivals coming out pretty soon, Makeshift on Sunday in Tenny Park, and Yum Yum Fest on August 19th in Bree Stevens Field. This week on the podcast, we're going to get one chef's look behind the scenes of festivals like that. Give a listen. Welcome, Francesco.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So
1: you are chef-owner at Ostria Papavro, yeah? Yeah, correct. I got that right. Um, So I asked you to come in today because we're sort of in a food festival, mini food festival season here in Madison. We've got two in a row. Mm -hmm. I wanted you to talk a little bit about what the challenges and joys are of cooking for a festival. So coming up this weekend, you're going to have makeshift. What do you look forward to when you know you're going to be cooking for a festival like that?
0: Well, what I look forward to do is also, well, primarily to do something that you typically cannot do at your restaurant during the week, for example. Because we don't have a flat top and we'll be cooking uh, Italian flatbread cooked on the flat top with some fresh sausage, some spicy salsa rosa, some onions and peppers from the farm. So it's we obviously cook with peppers and vegetables in the summer from the farm, but not having a flat top really is, is different. So you're cooking in front of people a la minute. And you do something like, a, you know, street food or food that goes on skewers or, you know, bite food, bite-sized food that you typically don't do on any any given night.
1: Tell me more about the sausages. What are in those?
0: So basically the sausage that we're using for this event is the typical sausage from Bologna. So we usually use a little bit of fresh rosemary and garlic and sage and a little bit of wine. Garlic peppers, very simple. Uh, pork sausage, we got the uh, sausage from uh, Heritage Farms. Uh, we're getting some uh, peppers and onions from Dandenong and Blackheart Valley farm. So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and very simple dish. Uh, something you can put on like, a little boat, paper boat, and, and eat eat uh, without chopsticks or silver or anything like that.
1: When you do the flatbread, are you doing the dough and then like cooking it off on the flat? Like does it on the flat top like that?
0: So the flatbread is the only thing we're gonna. Um, Pre bake or pre essentially cook on a flat top at our own restaurant. Um, we have we're equipped for that. But the sauces will be cooked fresh and peppers and onions will go on a flat top and all that. So it should be a pretty fragrant dish.
1: So are you doing anything else, just the sausage and the flatbread? Just
0: in the spicy salsa rosa. Salsa rosa is another one of those sauces that comes from Italy, and it's typically a combination of peppers and tomato, uh, making it a little spicy. Some people put some sofrito so carrot, onion, celery, if you will. Uh, but it's, it's something that goes well and kind of kicks, kicks the mix, makes the dish more you know, fresh, more, more fragrant again.
1: So I remember the first year at Yum Yum Fest, you did an insalata rifata, which is like a cold beef salad. Yeah, um, yep. Tell me a little bit about why you decided to do that and how it went.
0: Well, rifata is another salad dish that comes from Tuscany, so where I have half of my family. It's kind of an interesting dish because rifata just means redone. Tradition in Florence, what you take is scraps of beef. You pretty much boil them, and then the next day when they're cold, you toss them in a vinaigrette you serve them. So, of course, we are uh, fine dining. We need to make that look a little fancier, just a little bit more palatable uh, than just, you know, boiled beef and reed it and with a little vinaigrette on top. So, so, But essentially, the components are the same. So what we did, we toss some lettuce from the farm. We had some brisket that we had slow-roasted, and we toss it with a little bit of chili and, and a little bit of vinegar and oil, some scallions, some fresh mint and basil, which, you know, they're, they're a little pungent and uh, just add a little bit of acidity, and that was was a salad. It's a very simple salad we do at the restaurant occasionally, and and people like it.
1: How did it go that day at Yum Yum?
0: Uh, It was a long day. (laughs) That's the other thing with these events. You cannot really predict, especially if it's first year, how many People or thousands of people, you're gonna get. We had an idea of what we're gonna get. We probably gonna. We were shooting probably for something for, for 500 portions, or we got more than that. And we had to run back and forth from Yum Yum side to the restaurant. First time for rest, for lettuce, second time for the chilies, third time for the brisket. I mean, so it was kind of a it was a mess in the in, in the back of the the stand. In the front, everything looked normal and everything was everybody was jolly and they were getting their salads. Uh, but it was, it was a long night.
1: Do you remember how many portions you finally did?
0: I, I don't, but I'm looking at probably at least 200 more than what I predicted. So that's a lot of running back and forth.
1: By the time you're going back for the brisket, you just got to be shaking your head. Like.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, I've seen people doing the same thing the second and third year of Yum Yum, uh, just because you get you run short. Uh, you run short. There's, again, no way to predict. And, and some dishes will sell better than others, and some I think that's always the challenge to make something that you are creating, but also people really want to eat. It's not just the idea of, uh, you know, the, the, the chef, you know, obviously sometimes driven by his own ego, but it's also something that the public want to eat and the public un- understands what they're going to find on that paperboard to eat.
1: That's the challenge, right, with some vegetarian food sometimes, right? Is
0: It is. It is. And we're doing makeshifts this year. Uh, we will not have a vegetarian option, and we we'll decide to just stick to that idea of the flatbread with the sausage. Uh, but, yeah, one year, uh, the second, third year of Yum Yum, in, in fact, we did, a fritto misto, which was a mix of uh, cut shrimp, and calamari, if I remember, with vegetables, so zucchini, potatoes, artichokes. There are the other stand side, besides us was Tammy from Harvest. They were essentially serving the same dish. A fritto misto was just vegetables. And we had the option of seafood and vegetables, or just vegetables. And by, I don't know what time it was, or five or six o'clock, again, we started running out of vegetables. So they were a little slower, and Tammy was gracious enough that We could just grab their vegetables that looked beautiful and and presented on the stand and uh, and beautifully arranged. We took them, we started hacking them, cut them uh, (laughs) as fast as we could, and we started frying those, basically. So I had to thank Tammy then, and I thank her again uh, because that was helpful for us. Uh, I'm sure they had a good night, too, but we, we were just flying through the seafood and vegetables.
1: Another challenge is to make it the right price point, right? Like keeping keeping the creativity up while you keep the price down, because yeah. people aren't going to want to pay more than what five bucks a boat.
0: And that's a, that's another challenge with this kind of event. I think it's a choice. You can decide, okay, I'm going to put something really cool on the paper boat. You know, I can put a bunch of interesting, wonderful, expensive ingredients, and and even. Even if you're just giving three ounces of food, it's still expensive. Um, And you're okay with not making any money, and that's fine, and that's one choice. And the other choice is, well, let's have fun with this. Let's be creative, but let's also try to uh, make the customers happy and ourselves make a little bit of money. Of course, Yum Yum then donates most of the money every year to to charge you to the parks like it was the first couple of years. Um, But you don't want to necessarily go broke because you're doing a fun event. Uh, It needs to be fun for the customers and for your staff and for yourself too.
1: And you still have to pay your people who are working the event. And you
0: still have to pay your people. Yeah, that's all the math that eh, the public doesn't need to know. But we, we, we have to cover, you know, Food costs, beverage costs, uh, labor costs, all that. So you can, I mean, sure, you can make it and break it e- and break even, and and do just an event. Say, oh, we had fun, we broke even, but yeah, well, making a little cash is not bad.
1: With something like Yum Yum, is it, does it feel like a friendly competition? Does it feel like a collaboration between everybody?
0: At the end, we're all there to work together. It's an event we uh, we do together because we have an idea of about you know locally sourced and. And, and working with farms, and also working together as a restaurant to another restaurant. Like, you, you know, if Harvest hadn't helped me at that point, we would have probably round of food. So it, it cannot be competition. I and mean, it's not really competition. And, and and I think if you sell 50 portions more than that restaurant, I mean, well, who cares? I mean, you did a lot better, but it's, it's definitely not a competition.
1: Do you see this as an opportunity to get Papavro in front of people who maybe have never heard of it before?
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely one point. That's definitely one point. I think uh, things like this one, or even Restaurant Week, it's a marketing tool. I mean, it's, you also bring in people that maybe haven't been to your restaurant and have never even heard the name of your restaurant, and you bring them something that they really enjoy, and they will, they will be back. I think the idea is not to do something that has nothing to do with what you weekly serve at your restaurant, what the identity of your restaurant is. You cannot just change that just because you're doing a special event or a special um, chef week like we do in March or a uh, restaurant week that we do tw- two times a year. Don't try to change your food just to because you're thinking about food costs or losing money. Well, you, that's important, but people will not come back if they eating something that it's you know mediocre or, or average.
1: They want to have something that's going to be representative of who who you are a little bit too, I would think, and get a sense of what you do.
0: Yes, yes, that's that's definitely the idea, and and that's what we we try to do with these events.
1: So you're doing makeshift this year. You've done yum yum in the past. Are there other events that you've done that have been like interesting or challenging for you in in different ways?
0: Chef Week for me in March is is very kind of liberating because again we get to do things that we don't normally do, and that means working pair with other restaurants, for example. Uh, we did a. Uh, Italian and Chinese dim sum back in March with Dave Oliver from Natspil. We had a lot of fun, not just we sold out event, but we were able to do something that who knows when we're going to do it again. I mean, Chinese and Italian put together, which actually the two cuisines have a lot of Things in common besides the noodles that would be the most the most obvious, but there's a lot of things the use of fresh vegetables, um, cook, cooking in a minute so very simple, simple and cook you know last minute uh, kind of things. Uh, but you know things like dumplings and bows, which we have ravioli and tortell in Italy. So. Collaboration is not just calling somebody and say, okay, you do this dish or you do the first course, I do the second, you do the third. I think collaboration is kind of trying to blend those two cuisines together. So that's what we did with the dim sum was within the same dish were the Italian and Chinese ingredients. So, so the tecnico the Arancini, which is the fried rice ball, was the same as it would be, in, for example, in Sicily, where they come from. But the filling was an Asian filling. and There was a fusion, a real fusion.
1: It strikes me that if you are someone who cooks at home a lot and you want to make like a big picnic food or you want to make food that you're bringing to, you know, a summer potluck or whatever, you're going to have maybe some of the same things you're thinking about of how much can you prepare in advance and have easy to prep Uh, in front of people. And I wonder if you've found any sort of like professional tips and techniques that you know from doing kind of large-scale festival food that might translate to a home cook who wants to have like a really great picnic this weekend.
0: Well, that's the thing. You cannot, if you're doing volumes, there is no way you can cook everything a la minute last second. People are not really willing to spend or wait a long time for their food. You've got to find a way to have something prepped uh, ahead of time and something that you can just finish off at the event or a last minute, but not cook everything last second.
1: So do as much as you can in advance.
0: Prep if you can. I'm I'm always about, and this is my philosophy. And I'm sure not everybody works the same way. I like to do even busy events organize, prepping as much as you can, and then leaving, there are some fresh ingredients that has to be cooked at the last minute, then you just do it at the event. But otherwise, prep as much as you can, organize yourself as much as you can, so you don't feel unprepared. You don't feel like you're rushing uh, last minute to get something done or to get something served.
1: Do you get to take a minute when you're at something like Makeshift or Yum Yum to walk around and see what everybody else is doing? Do you, do you get to sort of learn from each other a little bit?
0: I I want to see what other people are, are doing. That's also why I went to uh, makeshift last year, and I appreciated the different creative ideas and people coming from different cities. Also, that's also important. Uh, Madison is, is is a city; it's not huge, and and there are other ideas from other cities that you can you can confront your other chefs. You can change, exchange ideas. You can see what other people are doing. And not much about trends. That's not my style of cooking. I don't follow trends, but. Just have an idea of what's what what people like. What's the next uh, idea that they're bringing? What, what is that is new that maybe you haven't cooked before or you haven't cooked in a while? Because sometimes mm-hmm. there's something, even a dish at Papawo that we do and sells really well. Well, I don't have the greatest memory as a person. Then I don't run it for three or four years. And then a server comes to me and says, oh, you remember when we ran that and it's so wet? I'm like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, definitely exchanging ideas is important. I'm hoping to do it a, a makeshift.
1: What are your goals this year for makeshift? Like, what do you hope to sort of leave having accomplished?
0: Well, I'm, I'm hoping to have accomplished to have uh, uh, eaten all the other people's food, first of all, <laughs> to have tried all, what all the other people are doing. Uh, which is why, also a reason why I'm excited to be there. Um, well, just to, to put our name out there, there's still people that, that live in Madison don't know we're around. Uh, we're still, you know, even a couple of years ago, I remember somebody came that was living one of the condos downtown and two blocks away and said, Oh, you do Italian restaurant? Italian they, they didn't even know we were there. So uh, there's still people to reach out there. There's always, this is always a, what you do. You, you, you promote yourself if you believe in what you're making and what you're doing. So, uh, we we want more people to come and try our food and see if they like a, like what we do.
1: On that note, tell people where to find you.
0: Uh, One two Wilson in Madison. Uh, open Monday through Friday at lunch, and Monday through Saturday for dinner.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much for coming in.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, produced by the Capital Times. Our music was composed by Patrick Christians. Eric Lawrenson helps with editing. Find out more details about Makeshift and Yum Yum Fast at our website, captimes.com, and subscribe to The Corner Table on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Facebook page, Corner Table Podcast. I am your host, CapTimes food writer, Lindsay Christians. My wish for you this week is something unexpected, like ramen in a paper cup at a food festival on a hot summer day. Cheers!